Good morning. I was so excited to see all of you this morning that I only put one contact in, so I can see all of you guys in high definition. But all of you guys, a little cloudy, but we'll try to make it. Exodus chapter 14, we've been going on a journey through the book of Exodus, and we are here today. Uh, it's our last day in the book of Exodus, Exodus chapter 14, and it is the actual Exodus itself. Like the title of this sermon, Forward by Faith, Forward by Faith, Exodus chapter 14. So please feel free to turn there in your Bible. Forward by Faith. You know, often I have wondered over this study, Lord, why have you led us? And I felt, honestly, led of God to go through the book of Exodus thus far. And I said, Lord, why, why, what's one reason why you want us to, why have we had to go through all of those plagues and, and see all of those things? And I just feel like the Lord just has put it on my heart that it's because so many of us are still in Egypt. So many of us are just, uh, we, we, we come to know the Lord, and, but we, we keep looking back at Egypt. And there's so much Egypt inside of us that it's, that it's hard to go forward with where God wants to take us personally and as a church. And so maybe today that some new chains can be broken through God's Word as we take a look at Exodus chapter 14. To give us some context, Exodus chapter 13, we're going to read verses 17 through 22. And then we'll get into uh, chapter 14, which is where we're going to spend our time this morning. But in honor of the reading of God's Word, let's please stand, if you're physically able. We're going to read Exodus 13, verses 17 through 22. When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near. For God said, lest the people change their minds when they see war and return to Egypt. But God led the people around by the way of the wilderness toward the Red Sea. And the people of Israel went up out of the land of Egypt, equipped for battle. Moses took the bones of Joseph with him, for Joseph had made the sons of Israel solemnly swear, saying, God will surely visit you, and you shall carry up my bones with you from here. And they moved on from Succoth and camped at Etham on the edge of the wilderness. And the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead them along the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light, that they, may, that they might travel by day and by night. The pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night did not depart from before the people. Let's pray. God, we are your people. God, we ask and we beg that you would speak to us through your holy word. God, you would unplug our ears. God, you would give us hearts that are that are obedient, Lord, that today you would set people free, God, that we would see that you are an awesome God, Lord, that today at the end of this, this worship service, Lord, that our view of you as the sovereign ruler of the universe would be much larger, God, that we would see a glimpse of your glory through your word. We pray this in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus, amen. You may be seated. You'll notice there in verse 17... When Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines, although that way was near. Has God ever taken you down a path or down a, a, a road that 
really didn't make sense? Has God ever taken you way out of the way to teach you something? He'll do that. He'll take us sometimes down difficult roads that may not make sense, but they're for our own good and for His glory. And then you see the awkward exchange about Joseph's bones. If you read that at first, like, what in the world is Moses thinking carrying bones around? Well, Joseph had asked to not be buried in Egypt. See, Joseph, you remember him, he is the reason that uh, God's people came to Egypt in the first place. And it was Joseph that believed by faith that God would be faithful to his promise to take God's people into the promised land. This is very symbolic. Joseph basically was declaring, guys, this is not where I belong. I do not belong in Egypt, so take my bones up out of here. Random thought, when they bury your bones, are people going to be thinking about God's faithfulness? So as God continues to try to get the Egypt out of us, let's look at chapter 14. Chapter 14, verses 1 through 20. Then the Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to turn back and encamp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, between Migdal and the sea in front of Belsaphon. Pause. Down here, if you're not from this area, people call uh, past Christian the pass. People call kill the kill. The bay, the bay. So we can say this morning, encamp in front of Pi-Hahiroth, let's just say the Pi, between Migdal and the sea in front of the Baal. Verse 3, Pharaoh will say to the people of Israel, they are wandering in the land, the wilderness has shut them in, and I will harden Pharaoh's heart, and he will pursue them, and I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, and the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord, and they did so. When the king of Egypt was told that the people had fled, the mind of Pharaoh and his servants was changed toward the people. And they said, What is this we have done that we have let Israel go from serving us? So he made ready his chariot and took his army with him and took 600 chosen chariots. How many church? 600 chosen chariots. And all the other chariots, all the other chariots of Egypt with officers over all of them. And the Lord hardened the heart of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, and he pursued the people of Israel while the people of Israel were going out defiantly. The Egyptians pursued them, all of Pharaoh's horses and chariots and his horsemen and his army, and overtook them and camped at the sea by the Pi, in front of the Baal. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. And they feared greatly, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord. They said to Moses, Is it because there are no graves in Egypt that you have taken us away to die in the wilderness? What have you done to us in bringing us out of Egypt? Is not this what we said to you in Egypt? Leave us alone that we may serve the Egyptians? For it would have been better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die in the wilderness. And Moses said to the people, Fear not, stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord, which he will work for you today. For the Egyptians whom you see today, you shall never see again. The Lord will fight for you, and you have only to be silent. The Lord said to Moses, Why do you cry to me? Tell the people of Israel to go forward. Lift up your staff and stretch out your hand over the sea and divide it, that the people of Israel may go through the sea on dry ground. 
and I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians so that they shall go in after them. And I will get glory over Pharaoh and all his hosts, his chariots and his horsemen. And the Egyptians shall know that I am the Lord. Notice the phrase, I am. Hayah, I am. I am God, I was God, I am God, and I will be God. Alpha and the Omega. Lost my place. Verse 19. Well, the rest of the verse 18. When I have gotten glory over Pharaoh, his chariots, and his horsemen, verse 19, then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel moved and went behind them, and the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt and the host of Israel. And there was the cloud and the darkness, and it lit up the night without one coming near the other all night. Wow. Okay. Let's give some context for this. I'm going to seek to try to draw here. Bay St. Louis is an artistic town. Okay. But I'm not an artist. So let's give us some context. The army, Egyptian army, we think, scholars tell us, 200,000 plus. That's a lot of soldiers. That's a lot of people. So let's say here is Egypt. Got it? Whoa, that T got really out of hand. <laughs> and then here is the Suez Canal. Now this canal is an ancient canal. And all along the side of this canal, guess who is here? The Bible told us. Philistines and the Malachites. Okay? And so the Red Sea, it's kind of narrow here. And then it opens up at the bottom. So you have the Red Sea. I'm sure it's a great place to go on vacation if you're looking for somewhere to go. And then down here you have the desert. And then you have Israel. Now in this Suez Canal are crocodiles and hippopotamus. And probably lions and tigers and bears. And so you have the camp here. Israel's camp. And how many people were here? Easily a million people. They counted 600,000 plus men. That's not even counting all of the ladies, great aunt Sally, Uncle Claudel, and all those people. All the children. I had Uncle Claudel, so I can say that. Great guy. So, here's Israel. They're hemmed in. There's nowhere to go. They're trapped. You ever been there? Your back's against the wall. You say, Lord, if you don't show up today, I'm toast. I'm done. Many of you moms think that on Sunday mornings when you're getting ready for church and your kids are coming in the room. Dads too. And so here's Egypt. And they're coming full speed. One million people, easy. Some scholars tell us up to 2.5 million Israelites. Guys, there's only like 2.5 million people in Mississippi. This is no small miracle. This is a massive, large-scale miracle. So this morning, if you're struggling believing that God can do something, I hope you see from this text that the Lord can do anything. It's not even difficult for Him. Okay? So let's draw a little C here. Here's the C. And then here's the cloud. 
then you had those chariots. Now, what kind of chariots were they? Did you notice in the Bible what it said? Chosen. What does that mean? That's like the Apache helicopter chariots. Rocket launchers attached to the side. They had swords on the wheels that would take out people's legs. These chariots were meant to intimidate. Why do we know these things? Because in the pyramids, they kept all this info, and most of us don't really care, but they had some pretty good war tactics. So they had the chariots in the middle, and then they would have all of the infantry beside them. And then on the sides, you had the cavalry. All of you people that like action movies and gory stuff, this is your sermon. And so the cavalry would come on the side. You had the chariots in the middle, which were meant to intimidate, and all the infantry coming. And then you had the camp. Now, verse 19 says, Then the angel of God who was going before the host of Israel, moved and went behind them. And the pillar of cloud moved from before them and stood behind them, coming between the host of Egypt. So this cloud, what happened is that this cloud moved. And there was a covering for God's people. Psalm 91 verse 1 says, He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. We have a covering in Christ. We have a covering in Christ. Psalm 119 verse 114 says, You are my hiding place and my shield. I will wait for your word. And then verse 20 at the end of it, it says, And it lit up the night without one coming near the other. All night. Can you imagine being an Egyptian soldier? You went through all the plagues. You knew all about the power of this God. And there's light coming off this cloud. There's light. There's a covering. Where the blood is applied by faith, there's a covering. Look at verse 10. When Pharaoh drew near, the people of Israel lifted up their eyes, and behold, the Egyptians were marching after them. They feared greatly. And the people of Israel, they cried out to the Lord. And, and what was their mistake? They started walking by sight. They started looking at the enemy. They started looking at their circumstances. They started feeling sorry for themselves. They started walking around in gloom and doom. God never changed. God's plan never changed. The Lord was with them. An application is that we can stand around complaining about our circumstances or we can go forward by faith. Some of the Israelites were actually wishing and hoping to go back to slavery. See, that's what the enemy does. He tries to make us believe that our former life is better than the new life in Christ. And that's a lie. It's not even close. But the enemy convinces us to stay in our chains, to look back, to gaze back towards Egypt. All right, shall we continue? Verse 21. Then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the Lord drove the sea back. Who drove the sea back? The Lord. 
by a strong east wind all night and made the sea dry land. And the waters were divided. And the people of Israel went into the midst of the sea on dry ground, and the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. The Egyptians pursued and went in after them in the midst of the sea, all Pharaoh's horses, his chariots, and his horsemen. And in the morning watch, the Lord in the pillar of fire and of cloud looked down on the Egyptian forces, and he threw the Egyptian forces into a panic. Notice who's doing the throwing. Notice who is doing the confusing. It is God himself. Verse 25 clogging their chariot wheels, so that they drove heavily. And the Egyptians said, Let us flee from before Israel, for the Lord fights for them against the Egyptians. Notice that? The Lord fights for them. Then the Lord said to Moses, Stretch out your hand over the sea, that the water may come back upon the Egyptians, upon their chariots and upon their horsemen. So Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and the sea returned to its normal course when the morning appeared. And as the Egyptians fled into it, the Lord threw the Egyptians. See that? The Lord threw the Egyptians into the midst of the sea. The waters returned and covered the chariots and the horsemen. Of all the hosts of Pharaoh that had followed them into the sea, not one of them remained. But the people of Israel walked on dry ground through the sea, and the waters being a wall to them on their right hand and on their left. Can you imagine the selfies that were taking place right then? Look at that fish. Look at that Christmas tree someone threw in the lake for the fish. Verse 30. The people from the country like myself will understand that reference. Thus the Lord saved Israel that day from the hand of the Egyptians, and Israel saw the Egyptians dead on the seashore. Israel saw the great power that the Lord used against the Egyptians, so the people feared the Lord, and they believed in the Lord and his servant, Moses. Wow. Wow. What do you think about when you read that? What goes through your mind as you see God's power? The Lord took out the largest army on the earth at that time like it was nothing. Like it was just so easy. Now, we know there are legions of angels God could have called on to help accomplish this task. There's Michael, the archangel, Gabriel. You know, in the Bible, when you see angels, they have fire in their eyes and flaming swords. The angels in America... Uh, seem to be totally different than that. But the real-life angels, they don't play around. That's why every time in the Bible, what did, what did they say the first thing? Do not be afraid. Why? Because everyone was terrified. But it's interesting that God himself is the one that actually physically takes out this army. Isn't that interesting? You know, we're saved through the waters. Water's symbolic in the Old Testament. Noah and the ark went through the water. Here, the the Israelites go through the water. We come to know Christ. We're baptized through the water. Symbolic. God made a way when there was no way. God came to the rescue when a rescue seemed impossible. That's the gospel. That's the gospel. It's not that... We do it on our own. You know, I'm sure there were some Israelites thinking, man, I need a canoe. I need to try to paddle across the Red Sea on my own. That's what we do in the church today. So many people. We're trying to accomplish things for the Lord, and we're trying to get out of Egypt all on our own strength, and that's not the gospel. That's not what God had in mind, to try harder, to pull yourself up by your bootstraps. 
That's works righteousness. That's not the gospel. The Lord, He wished to show His power through the Israelites. He didn't say, Moses, go practice holding up your staff. Make sure your people know exactly how to walk through. No, God gave them what they needed in the moment. God's heart is to rescue. Have you ever been there, back up against the wall? God, how are you going to do this? Maybe you're here this morning and you think, my back's been up against the wall and God's not coming to the rescue. Regardless if he's come to the rescue the way that you want him to, the reality is is that if you are a born-again believer, the Lord's with you. He's that cloud beside you. He goes before you, behind you, beneath you, above you, and he's inside of you. Hope of glory. It's a mystery. I want to share a personal illustration. Um, For those of you that do not know, I am from the middle of nowhere between Brandon, Mississippi and Puckett, Mississippi. And the town where I went to school says, home of 300 good old friendly folks and a few old soreheads. I know it's kind of strange. It was weird to me my whole life. And, And so I went to this small school out in the country. Great place. I'm so grateful that I grew up there. But there were not a lot of believers There were a lot of churches, a lot of religious folks. But when it came to people that would stand up for the Lord, just weren't a ton of those kind of people. And so uh, I remember just going to school. You know, some days I enjoyed school, but I I was miserable a lot of days because there wasn't a lot of people that loved Jesus. I had six student pastors, six different student pastors. It's a miracle that I'm a Christian. And these people would come into my life, and they'd leave. They'd come into my life, and they'd leave. Now, thankfully, I had a solid family, grandparents that loved the Lord, or I would have major trust issues. And so here I am. I'm ready to get out of Dodge. I'm so sick of this place. I'm going to go do something for the Lord. I'm going to make a name for myself, and I'm going to, you know, yada, yada, yada. And so my plan, I was going to go play baseball for Coach Bianco, or I was going to go water ski at University of Louisiana Monroe. I had some plans, you know what I'm saying? Well, my scholarships started going down the drain because I hurt my arm my senior year. You know, coaches said, well, you can walk on. I'm thinking, walk on. Why would I want to do that? And so I, I said, obviously God closed that door. And so I ended up going to this community college that I said I would never, ever, ever go to. I'm never going to community college. And uh, so I ended up going to this college, Heinz Community College in Raymond, Mississippi. And uh, I stayed on campus. And my room, was it was the smallest dorm on campus, and my room was the smallest room on campus. It was the end of the hallway, and it was cut off. You could almost touch both sides of the wall with with your hands. And I thought, Lord, I... I've ruined my life. I'm done. My life's over. I'm just finished. And I went to a BSU worship service one Tuesday night. It's campus ministry on campus. And actually, uh, okay, before I get ahead of myself. So I went, and thankfully there were people that loved the Lord. And I thought, man, this is like... When I went to camp in high school and I met other people that actually loved Jesus and would sing to the Lord and not be ashamed of the gospel, and it was awesome. 
And I remember very vividly, it's like God himself took his hand and hit me in the back of the head. I'm sitting there at the worship, and, and I feel like the Lord just whopped me up beside the head. And it hurt. And I felt like the Lord was telling me, son, you're about to start living for me. And I was kind of offended by that. I thought, Lord, that's what I've been trying to do for the past six or seven years. What do you think I've been doing? And I just felt like God Almighty said, son, you're about to really start following me. The BSU director there, Gary Davidson, his wife, Michelle, and they're actually here this morning. They're right over here. And I'll just say, love you guys. But God put this couple into my life. Their son, Micah, is here too. Don't want to leave him out. And what I saw was a couple that loved the Lord. And they were faithful. And they're example. And even though I had all those people in the ministry that came into my life and came out of my life, I saw in them something constant. I saw in them people that weren't trying to climb the ladder. People that were faithful. They could go many different places. I don't know how long you guys have been at Heinz. 15 plus years, something like that? 20? 14. 14 years. But here's my point. You say, Brett, why are you sharing the story? Because God had to take me over to somewhere I never wanted to go in order to teach me something that I would never have learned otherwise. See, here's, here's the deal. I was convinced that I was middle class. And I went to that awesome community college, stayed on campus for two years, and the Lord taught me real quick that there's only one class. Covered by the blood and not covered by the blood. Born again, lost. Now, I loved everybody. And that presupposition was very real to me, but I was convinced that I was middle class. And the Lord destroyed my worldview. I remember a young lady, she couldn't see. She was at our worship service and she'd praise the Lord. She couldn't see. And she previously had sight, but she had an injury or something medical and she couldn't see anymore. And I remember her singing to the Lord, tears streaming in her face and her telling me that now I can't physically see, but I can see better than ever. I can see the Lord. I can see the gospel. So the point of this illustration is this morning, if you've had to go what seems like way out of the way, like very unnecessary, like, Lord, can you give me a break? Like, why am I having to go way over here? Trust that God's got you there for a reason, for your own good and for his glory. This morning, I believe with all my heart that God is here. The same God that took out the Egyptian army, he's in the house. And he wants to do business with you and me. Both as individuals and as a group. So how are you going to respond? How are you going to respond to seeing the big God, the capital L-O-R-D? Not social media, little G God, but Yahweh, Elohim, Adonai, King of Kings, Lord of Lords. The one that created the cosmos as if it was nothing. How are you going to respond this morning? If God desires to use his power for his name's sake, shouldn't we spend more of our time praying instead of trying to fight the army on our own? We should spend more time asking God to move his mighty right arm on our behalf and on behalf of the nations 
than trying to spend all of our time opening doors for ourselves, spend all of our time trying on our own effort to reach people. We need to stand back and let the Lord do the fighting. We need to stand back and trust God by faith. This morning, maybe you are stuck in Egypt. You're in slavery. You're enslaved right now, and you know it. And there's chains all over your life. And you've been trying to get out of those chains on your own. Friend, I want to tell you, God's here today. He wants to deliver you. He wants to break those chains. Please turn to the John chapter 1. Many of you know this by memory. Simply, John chapter 1, verse 1. It says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. You see that word, Word, with the capital W? That word is logos. It's representing Christ. So you really could say it like this. In the beginning was Jesus, and Jesus was with God. And Jesus was God. And when you saw when it was the Lord hurled the Egyptians into the sea, many of you heard me say this before. It was the pre-incarnate Christ. It was the pre-incarnate Christ that was there. Now, Jesus was there. Think about this. Roman soldiers. Roman soldiers nailed this same God to a cross. Do you see the grace? Do you see the mercy? The Bible says, Jesus said himself, he said, no one takes my life from me, but I lay it down. He laid his life down. That's the gospel. Jesus came to do what we could not do. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, not by works, so that no one can boast. It is a gift from God. Friend, if anyone ever tells you that you have to go on a certain mission trip or go be a part of a certain weekend or be a part of a certain Bible study to really walk with God, red flag, red flag, red flag. Stay away from them. The gospel is that Jesus came to do what we could never do on our own. That's good news. That is good news. We didn't have to be perfect. We didn't have to have it all figured out. But Christ came to do what we could not do. Have you accepted that free gift today? You say this morning, well, I've got a lot of stuff in my life. There's a whole lot of Egypt inside of me. This morning, you need to realize that God's mercy and His grace is deeper than the deepest part of the ocean and wider than the widest part of the ocean. He wants to take your sin and remove it as far as the east is from the west. Do you know Christ this morning? Before we can go forward by faith, we've got to stop looking back at Egypt. The reality is this morning is that so many of us are just going through the motions and going to church. That's not what God wants. That's not what he had planned. He wants a personal relationship with you and me. 
our congregation, just to be frank, is too white. We need to be a representation of Bay St. Louis. We have a 5%, 5% Spanish population. That should be reflected in our church because we get to heaven for all eternity. That's what it's going to look like. It's going to be every tongue, every tribe there gathered around the throne. You may say, well, well, Brett, I really like seeing everybody at church, and it's wonderful. I know. I love seeing you guys, too. So much that I forgot to put my contact in this morning. And I get excited when I see you guys at the grocery store and I see you out in town. It's fun. There, there's a spirit in you is the same spirit in me. That's exciting. We can have fellowship no matter our background, no matter what we do for a living. No, why? Because of Christ, that common bond in the Lord. And it's so easy for us to get complacent and get comfortable. But the reality is we are a lighthouse for this city. The other thousands of people in this city and the surrounding places, many of them do not know Christ. They don't know this good news. That's what we need to be about, reaching these people. Not on our own strength or what we can come up with and how clever we can be and how awesome our Bible studies are and yada, 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 but by simply being broken and praying and seeking God's face and seeking His wisdom. Don't you want to do that, church? Don't you want to reach the whole world from Bay St. Louis? That's what God wants us to do. You see, though we might not care about people, other people like we should, God does. It's on His heart. The Bible says that He wishes for none to perish, but all to come to repentance. Is that your heart for people? It should be, if you're a believer. So how will you respond this morning to the glorious gospel message that Christ came to do what we could not do? Will you go forward by faith? Or not. Let's pray. Father, you are holy. You're awesome. God, we're unworthy to even say your name. God, you're here. Lord, there is power. There's power in the name of Jesus. God, I pray that people would keep holding on to Egypt. Lord, that they would let go. God, you would break chains this morning. God, you would stir us up for what matters. God, help us to stop walking by sight. God, help us to not be consumed with what we can do for you, Lord, but what you want to do through us. God, I pray that you would revolutionize our prayer life. God, that we would begin to pray things much larger than ourselves. God, we would stop praying about all these physical infirmities. God, but we would start praying for lost people. God, would you awaken us to the reality of what you're doing all around us every day. Lord, this morning for people that their backs are up against the wall, God, would you come to their rescue? God, would you speak to them today, right now? Lord, give people right now courage and need to make decisions. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.